welcome to This Day in History with your host, Taylor. And today I have my sister with me for the very first episode of like the revamp of the podcast. Say hello, my sister. Hello. My name's Emily. Thanks for having me. So today we're talking about This Day in History, June 20th, because we're posting this on June 20th in 1837 and Emily what things happened around the year 1837 so let me set the stage for you so 1837 our president was Martin Van Buren Chicago was incorporated as a city Michigan became a state there was a panic of 1837 largely due to the decreased prices of cotton they were in New York City, there were flower riots. There was large concern over food prices. So overall, 1837 sounded like it was pretty stressful in the US. Yeah. Overseas, probably. yeah. Overseas, there uh there was some stuff going on as well. There was a big earthquake in Syria. Charles Dickens Oliver Twist was published in London. So yeah, a lot was going on. Okay, thank you for setting that stage for us. So we're going to be going over to the United Kingdom because on this day, June 20th, 1837, Queen Victoria started her reign as Queen of the United Kingdom. Uh Emily, yeah, so I'm surprised that wasn't on your list, but you know. Well, I might have seen her name pop up, but I figured maybe that's who we were talking about today. Emily, what do you know about Queen Victoria? So I know that she was the longest reigning monarch before Queen Elizabeth II. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay. And I always remember her picture because she has her hair and a kind of a low ponytail and she kind of has big eyes. Is that right? I guess so. I don't know. I'm not sure what picture you're talking about. Google picture. Well, she, she was really short. I'm sure you knew that. Wait, how short was she? She was like 5'1". She's little, little bit. Oh, I'm five two. It's not that short. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is a story of how she became the queen. This is pre Queen Victoria. So, she was born on May twenty fourth, eighteen nineteen, in Kensington Palace in London. I don't know if we, if we, I don't know if Kensington Palace still exists. I can't remember. Anyway, so she, that's where she was born, and. Her parents were Prince Edward, Duke of Kent, and Princess Victoria of Saxe, Coburg, and Southfield. And her mother, when they got her, she got married. She was the Duchess, so she was Duchess of Kent, and she was the granddaughter of George the Third. But her birth came to be because of a secession crisis. Now, Emily, have you seen the new TV show, A Bridgerton, or was it Queen Charlotte, A Bridgerton Story? Have you watched it? No, I thought you were going to ask me if I've watched Succession, which yes, of course I have. But no, I have not seen the, the new Bridgerton one. Okay, well, that's good, because this is kind of what it's all about. I haven't seen the new show. It's supposed to be really good. Anyway, so she's the granddaughter of George III. Now, George III had, like, 15 kids. He's the one that lost the British colonies. He was married to Queen Charlotte, um, and they had a ton of kids, but they didn't have enough legitimate grandchildren. Because most of their, like, sons had all these, like, illegitimate children, and none of her their daughters had any kids. They had one granddaughter named um, Charlotte. So Princess Charlotte of Wales. She was the daughter of the oldest son who was the regent, Prince George. This is the, the regent from the regency period. So basically George III was like, 
had mental health problems. He was not able to rule, so his son was the regent. Do you know what a regent is? I mentioned this before. So is that when? Because I know on Game of Thrones that the that Cersei was queen regent after the really annoying kid. What was his name? Tommen. No, the other one, the really bad one. Uh, Joffrey. Yeah, when Joffrey died, wasn't she queen regent? Because she was like the mother and her son died. And so she took over, but she wasn't really in charge, right? Yeah. So a regent is just someone who rules in the place of the, the actual monarch in case the monarch is like too young or they're yeah. gone, like they're away at war or they're like something's wrong and they can't rule. So that's what the, a regency is, a regent is. So Princess Charlotte was the daughter of the regent. And she was, like, super beloved by the country, like, Princess Diana kind of level. Like, people loved her. But then she died at the age of 21 from childbirth. And it was super tragic. Yeah. And uh, she had been married to Prince Leopold of Saxe-Coburg and Salfield, which you may have already heard that name. Anyway, so she died in childbirth, and it was super sad. But also, that was like, okay, who is going to have the throne in that generation? Because there's no one left. The illegitimate children cannot have the throne. So, against the rules. So there was like a kind of a frenzy to marry off some of the other sons. They would have children and there would be an heir. And so this left Prince Edward, Duke of Kent, to go off and get married to uh, Victoria of Saxe Coburg Hawfield, who I just mentioned earlier. And she already had two kids from her first marriage. She was the sister of Prince Leopold, who had been married to Princess Charlotte. So. Yeah, keep it in the family. And her brother was actually later on the king of the Belgians, as you know. So she was known as the the Duchess of Kent, the Duchess. And so her and the Duke got married and they had one child who was obviously Queen Victoria. She was born on May 24th, 1819. And at the time of her birth, she was the fifth person in line for the throne behind because like George III was still alive. He didn't live long after this, but he was still alive. So she was fifth. And do you know her birth name? No idea. So her, she was named Alexandrina Victoria, which I never really heard that name. And they, she had a nickname of Drina. She eventually kind of dropped that first name, just, just went by Victoria. But her baptism, they had all these other names like picked out, and the the regent was like, I don't want these names. So they like settled with this like other name. It was kind of strange and. Not like a year, even a year later, like eight months later, her dad died. So Victoria lost her father, just her and her mom. And then not long after, George III died. So then she moves up on that rank for becoming the Queen of England. Or so then she's third in line. She says that yeah. now she's third in line, right? Pretty close. Mm-hmm. And there were a few other, like she had one uncle who had two daughters, but they both died in infancy. So that, that number kind of changed a little bit, but not very much because they didn't live very long the kid, the other two girls unfortunately so she stayed up there pretty high and she had two brought oh sorry two uncles who were at one point the king so we have george the fur the fourth who was that regent he's like not really described well in history kind of a jerk is what he's been described as and then her her uncle william the fourth of england so those two guys were in front of her and she after george the fourth died she only had one person in front of her, so she was the heir presumptive. Now, what do you think that okay. means? Uh, that sounds like, <laughs> I would presume it means that she will be the next heir as long as nothing crazy happens. Yeah, so it's someone who is going to inherit the throne or the title or whatever 
but can be displaced if a birth takes place that that someone has a better claim. So, like, basically, all the times you hear this described to as, like, um, daughter, like, like, let's say that, like, right now, William and uh, Harry, before they had kids and everything got married, well, like, William was, like, next, you know, was going to be in line, and Harry would have been his heir, presuming that William didn't have any kids. Like the, right. That. Um, and then the heir apparent is someone who is next in line, no matter what, no one else's birth can displace them. So she was the heir presumptive, and that's also, like, because if she had, like, if her dad had lived and she had a brother, he would have been the heir. But not her. Yeah, like, on Lion King, Scar was the heir presumptive until a little Sipa came around. Also, I sent you the picture of Victoria. Yeah, so that's the picture I think of. It is, is she's, you know, she's a little curvy. She has this, uh, her hair is parted down the middle. It's kind of slicked back, and she has a big lacy crown on. This is like when she's older too. This is like later in her reign. Also, it's kind of crazy that that's a that's a photograph because I always think of that time being like, oh my gosh, there was not even there was just people drawing or painting. So, well, she lived to be eight, so she died in 1901. So she lived pretty long. I mean, they had, it's like, yeah, that's past like civil war. Anyway, so she's the heir presumptive. So it's her and her mom, but she her mom employs this guy named John Conroy, and this dude had worked for her for Victoria's mother. Sorry, no, Victoria's father. So that's why. Victoria's mother kind of hired him and he is not described in history as like a good dude he was like basically controlling the mother and the mother was controlling Victoria but he employed this system and it was called the Kensington system and it was like a way to raise up kids like a, like a parenting style kind of and that's how Victoria grew up and it was like a whole bunch of really strict rules she was never allowed to be alone like ever like she shared a room with her mother until she was the queen essentially and she was always required to hold someone's hand when walking down the stairs because she could fall even when she was like an older teen she always had to hold someone's hand but victoria did have someone in her corner named um her governor governess governess Leitzen, and she really protected her and like conroy didn't like her but he couldn't get rid of her so it was she did have someone who was in her corner and her governess stayed with her until like well into after she became the queen so it was like a kind of a lifelong companion and victoria's has her childhood has been really described as being super isolating and she wasn't allowed to be around her other most of her family like her dad's side she really only had like conroy's two daughters to hang out with and then victoria's half sister which you never hear about these half siblings i don't know anything else about them really but i know she was able to grow up somewhat with her half sister so it's kind of nice. Hmm. She had it, you know. But I'm glad she had somebody in her life yeah. that was looking out for her. And she had like this humongous collection of dolls, like over 130 dolls that she named and like took care of. And I think they're on display. Like she, she kept them her whole life um, because she didn't really have a lot of friends. She only had like these dolls. Though, yeah. Though I have read that some people think that victoria may have be may have risk misremembered how bad her childhood was and described it later on as being like really terrible and conroy being horrible which he probably was but maybe it wasn't quite as bad like she still was really doted on and everything and basically this guy her and her mother conroy and her mother were trying to control her 
even well into her becoming the queen. There's a story of where when she was a teenager, Victoria got really, really sick. And Condor used this as a chance to try to get her to sign some, sign some documents that would essentially make her, like Victoria's mother, the regent until she reached 21 instead of like if when she reached 18. So if she were to become the queen before age 18, she had a re- would have a regent, but they were trying to get her to agree to this being extended into her being about age 21. And, and then they were also trying to get her to make Conroy her like personal secretary. Just basically giving way to control her even when she's right. an adult. But she never signed those. She was like sick and refused to sign these documents. Preventing right. like, a, like a, you know, Conroy reign kind of. Because there was a fear that by the king and others that Victoria's mother would be her regent and then Conroy would rule the mother. So basically Conroy would rule through Victoria's mom. And they were really trying to avoid that. She was like kind of considered like the like a new hope for the country. She was this young woman. The kings before her had been like these older men that people didn't really like. And so, oh, like someone new and fresh and young. And like it was really exciting for the country. But this one, this one story, there was this big celebration for the queen's birthday. So this was before Victoria got to the throne. This is like her uncle's um, wife. Okay. Her, her birthday. They traveled there, and Victoria's mom was like, "Hey, King, can we? Re- I want to move into these series of rooms." And the king's like, "No, you can't have these rooms." Well, Victoria, the they get there, and the Duchess just moves into the rooms anyway. She just takes them over, even though she was told not to. And that king was super pissed. They were at the party, and he apparently was kind of drunk or something, and he said this this little line. So he said in front of like everybody, this was like just to shame the mom, basically. I trust in God that my life may be spared for nine more months, nine months longer, after which period, in the event of my death, no regency would take place. I should then have the satisfaction of leaving the royal authority to the personal exercise of that young lady, meaning Victoria, the heiress presumptive of the crown, and not in the hands of the person now near me, who is surrounded by evil advisors and who herself is incompetent. Oh, snap. Yeah. So meaning like this is my interpretation. I only hope to God that I don't die before Victoria turns 18. So the throne goes directly to her and not her mother is regent because her mother is dumb and she has chosen a bad dude to advise her. That's my my turn. Yeah. Yikes. Did not hold back there. Mm-hmm. Victoria turned 18. Um, and this was a big deal. Then not even a month later, on June 20th, 1837, she was woken up really early by her mom and was told that this the Lord Chamberlain was downstairs and he needed to talk to her. So she walked downstairs while she held her mother's hand and she met with the Chamberlain, the Lord Chamberlain, alone in her little sitting room. They knelt before her and told her that she was now the Queen of the United Kingdom. So that's what happened this day in her story. You get it? That's the name on the document. I get it. So, how did her uncle die? I don't know. It's a good question. Like, it's kind of it's kind of suspicious. Like, oh, you're 18. He oh. was pretty sick. He was already on, like, the decline. I looked at pictures of the Conroy guy. It looks pretty sleazy. Yeah. So, I read something that was, like, because it was only a, less than a month between her being 18 and her reaching the throne. So, instead of him being this, like, powerful dude, he's, like, a, just a footnote in history now. Is what I heard, read it described as, which is kind of funny. Was he? Was that William the the, the fourth? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he was he was 71. It looks like he died of cardiac failure and bronchopneumonia. Yeah, that. So he died. And she became the queen at only age 18, which is pretty young. She went on to marry Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg and Gotha. And this is on her mother's side. So this is her first cousin on her mom's side. This dude, Prince Albert. And they had nine children together. And her descendants are spread throughout the royal houses of Europe. And she's known as a grandmother of Europe. There's a, a, a handful of women who are described as a grandmother of Europe because of the children that they had and, you know, how widespread they were and everything and that affected, like, European monarchy history. She w- reigned for 60 years and was the longest reigning British monarch until Elizabeth II came along, who was recently yeah. passed. Well, that was my fun fact from earlier of this episode. True. So. It is true. And she also wore a white wedding a white wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at her funeral, so she was actually buried in, like, in white, I think, but she was buried with her wedding veil. She, her and Albert didn't have a really long relationship. He was not, he's not the king, you'll notice this. He's Prince Albert, because, like, the title of king implies that he is in charge. There's not a king consort title, really. Like, the king means he's in charge. So if he were to be named the king, I mean, he was, like, above her and he wasn't. And so that's how Prince Albert titles was, and then that's how Prince Philip's titles was as well. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was always Prince Philip, never King. That's why he's called Prince Albert. And he, he died... A good while before she did and he she mourned him forever and ever seemed like and she was when she was buried she had their wedding her wedding veil from their wedding and she had his ring i think but she also had the plaster cast of his hand in the cast her the casket with her mm, yeah away. so is it the victorian era because that's when she was reigning is that mm-hmm. yeah and so i mean i guess technically all the different monarchs have like um an era like the Elizabethan era. You think of that with the first Elizabeth, you know, the first Elizabeth. And I think the other ones technically also have an era, but you don't really hear about them. Yeah. Are they called Victorian dolls because Queen Victoria had a bunch of dolls? I don't know. <laughs> so let's see. So I gotta look at the family tree real quick. So she had nine children. Victoria, that's her first one. Edward, Princess Alice, Alfred, Princess Helena or Helena. I can't remember which one to pronounce it. Louise, Arthur, Leopold, and Princess Beatrice, they called Baby. But she also was a carrier of a pretty serious disease. Have you heard of that? Do you know what oh, disease it is? Oh, is it hemophilia? Mm-hmm. You wanted to explain what that is to the listeners? Yeah, basically it's when you are missing a certain clotting factor. And so that means you are more likely to bleed. And back then, it wasn't easily treated like it is nowadays with medication, so it could be a very dangerous disease. Right. So she was a carrier for hemophilia, and there was some debate on whether, like, how this gene got into the family. So it's called the royal, it was, I don't know if it's still called that, but it was called the royal disease. It was associated with the family. And because so many of her kids married into all these different royal families, then hemophilia was put into all these different royal families. And there's a pretty famous family that that had this, the 1% at least had this condition. Do you know who, what family it was? You've heard of them. Uh, hold on. So you said it's a family. That's, you know, descended from Victoria. That's pretty famous. A rural family. At least one child had the disease. And you definitely heard of this family. I mean, are you talking about the 
the royal family Our descendants right now no yeah, no no like, so there's no one in the british monarchy right now that i i don't believe anyone in the british family right now has the gene or has the disease but that's not i mean i'm talking about a pastoral family that is descended from victoria who has the disease that is linked to victoria you've heard of this family think of a different think of like royalty that you've heard of in the like the early 1900s prince philip was also a great great grandson of queen victoria yes what royal, no the royal family that was afflicted by the disease that was descended from victoria that you've definitely heard of at least one of the daughters you've heard of these children i either there's a movie about one of them a cartoon movie about one of these kids <laughs> yes oh my gosh do you watch my tiktok videos sheesh I have a lot going on. <laughs> okay. So, yes. So, the Romanovs were related to Victoria through the mother. Well, I guess multiple ways, probably. But anyway, so their son, Alexei, had hemophilia. That's an example of the hemophilia disease being linked to other royal families through Victoria. It's a it's a sex-linked gene, uh, disease, so it's on the X chromosome, and... That's why it often will afflict men because men only have one copy of the X chromosome. So Victoria would have been a carrier for the disease, but she didn't have the disease. And there is some like debate I mean, whether she inherited it or if it was like a spontaneous mutation. Apparently that happens more often than maybe you would think. And also with older men, that might happen more often. I read. Well, also, you know, she married someone in her family, so... You know, they kind of inbreed and increasing the risk for the mutations. Yeah, he was her first cousin. Science. Interesting. They had nine children. She had 42 grandkids and 87 great-grandchildren. Which is a lot. There's a, um, this isn't only a fact, but there's like an episode on Doctor Who about Queen Victoria. That's kind of funny. And... They the whole time they're trying to get her to say I am not amused and she no I don't think she ever does it or maybe once anyway but in the show like basically she it's like an episode that has werewolves and they like the very end they imply that that's she got scratched and that's how like hemophilia is the werewolf gene they're like huh. it's like a it's like a joke so it's like oh Queen Victoria is a werewolf. A werewolf. Huh. Um, so apparently she was a big fan of painting and drawing and she loved to go into the opera. Hmm. She also, there were like, I think eight or nine different assassinations attempts on her life, which she obviously, she obviously survived all of them. You think she ever met any U.S. presidents? Ooh, okay. You, you know what she did? Mary Todd Lincoln and her, I want to say, had written letters. And I think maybe Queen Victoria wrote her a letter about like, are giving her condolences with after to um Mary Todd Lincoln after the assassination of Lincoln. Apparently, she met Millard Fillmore, but then another thing it says that she never met any of the presidents. So I don't know if any of this is right. Queen Victoria wrote to Mary Todd Lincoln after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. They did never meet, I guess, but she did convey her sympathies, which makes a lot of sense because Queen Victoria mourned the death of Prince Albert forever, the whole whole life after he died. So it makes a lot of sense. And so she wrote like a letter. Here is a copy of the letter from Queen Victoria to Pre Miss President Lincoln. Thought a stranger to you cannot remain silent. 
So terribly a calamity has fallen upon you and your country and must personally express my deep and heartfelt sympathy for you under shocking circumstances of your present dreadful misfortune. No one can better appreciate than I can who am myself utterly broken hearted by the loss of my own dear beloved husband who was the light of my life, my stay, my all. What your own sufferings must be, I earnestly pray that you may be supported by him to whom alone the sorely stricken can look for comfort in their hour of heavily affliction. Affliction. With the renewed expression of true sympathy, I remain, dear madam, your sincere friend, Victoria. That's a classy lady. So apparently she met Millard Fillmore, which honestly I kind of forgot he was a president. When was I out? Well... Apparently, she met him, and she said that he was very handsome. And I just googled a picture of him, and he dead ass looks like Alec Baldwin. Like he looks like Alec Alec Baldwin could play him in a movie. It's so weird. Look him up. Mildred. Oh my god, what's his Mildred. Name? Mildred. Mildred. I I don't even know. He was the thirteenth president. I, yeah, let me. He does it. look like him, right? This this looks like a painting of. I know. Alec Baldwin pretending to be. I know it's so weird. <laughs> he was president for, from 1850 to 1853. Yeah, he looks like Alec Baldwin. So then, how did Queen Victoria die? Hmm, that is a good question. She died on January 22nd, 1901, mm-hmm. after a reign of almost 64 years. And so it looks like she had pretty bad rheumatism or like some arthritis in her legs. And so she couldn't walk very well. And she had really bad eyesight because she had cataracts. And so in January, she was feeling weak and unwell. And then she died. So it's not, it looks like this says she died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Sounds like she died of old age. Hemorrhagic stroke. Well, she probably had like, you know, uncontrolled blood pressure or something. And then she had a bleed in her brain or something. And when she was buried, she had a list of things she wanted to be buried. She had, I want to say, 12 pages of instructions for her burial. Like a whole bunch of things. But how she wanted it to go, it was like she wanted to have white instead of black. And it was like a military funeral because she was the daughter of a soldier. Inside the coffin, she had, like, she was in her wedding dress. She had her, her wedding veil. She had her, one of her husband's rings, I think. And then she had one of his night shirts and like every day after she died he died she would have the servants like put out his clothes and she had a, the plaster cast of her husband's hand there as well and then she had this other dude's stuff so he, this guy named john brown who was this scottish dude that she was was like really like close to her later when she was older um and he died before she did and so she had a picture of him and then one of his rings and then a lock of john brown's hair and the kids, the kids like went along with it. Okay, fine. But oh, like I think it was in her hand. The stuff was in her hand, and so they put these all these flowers over the hand, so the people who were couldn't see it. So it was like, oh, we'll do what you say, but we're gonna hide it from everyone else. So yeah, we're also gonna hide this like random guy's hair. Um, but yeah, so that guy's presence was also in the casket, casket with her, along with a whole bunch of jewels. And she's buried at on the grounds of Windsor Castle with her husband. Beside her husband. Do you think that they ever um, dig up that stuff and the like get the jewels? You know, like all these fancy jewels. Like right before they actually put her in the ground, they're like open. Yeah. Like it. Right. I don't. I don't know. I mean, why would? But they have so. They probably have so many jewels. Like 
Do they need the jewels? Well, they just steal them from other countries. That's true. A lot of yeah. More. How is the current king related to her? Okay, I can tell you. I just had the family tree pulled up. King Charles. So his mom, of course, is Elizabeth II. Her dad is George the Sixth. So that's the king from the king's speech. Was her dad? Right. He had to seen yes. Mm-hmm. And his brother was the one that wanted to marry the divorced American and mm-hmm. advocated. As that's Edward the Eighth. Yeah, Wallace Simpson. And so, so, so Queen Elizabeth's dad was George the Fifth, who is the grandson of Victoria. So he is the one who, when he died, that like he was like close to death, and so they wanted to hit the new, like the morning papers. They did. We went like the prestigious morning papers, not the afternoon papers or like the evening papers. So the doctor gave him a dose of morphine, so he would die, and they would hit the morning papers with the announcement of his death. Mm, so a physician assisted suicide, eh? <laughs> yeah. Before George the Fifth was Edward the Seventh. That was her son. Yeah, and then that's what I said. I said George the Fifth is the grandson of Victoria. Yeah. Are you even listening to what I'm saying? No. That's what I thought. Okay. And that's how Queen Victoria is the ancestor of Charles the Third. Do you want to add anything else? So here's one. So as I said earlier, when she became queen, Martin Van Buren was the president. And when she died, William McKinley was the president. But then he was later assassinated. And then Theodore Roosevelt became president. And that was... uh, so she was with, was so when she was reigning, it was the eighth president. And when she died, was when there was a the 25th president. If that puts that into perspective. That's a pretty long time. Yep. So basically like most of the 1800s, like a good portion, like at least two thirds yeah. of the 1800s. And there you have it. That's what happened this day in history. Thank you so much for listening on the revamp of the podcast and thank you, Emily, for joining me. And we hopefully can make this kind of a permanent thing where you add in your two cents to the what's going on. And if you love this podcast, please share it with your favorite history BFF. And thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.